Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode one, two, three. Step away. We go. Step up to the break. We got MJP and Green Man. It's the reigning championship team. From Milan to Japan and everywhere in between. Get the up-to-date news on the wrestling scene. So take a shot. Well, is that the message you got? We about to go live. Are you ready to rock? So take a shot. Well, is that the message you got? From the fans to the fans. Let me hit the crowd. Pop, so take a shot. If Saturday Night Live's own Pete Davidson can land Ariana Grande, your boy here at Michael J. Buddy should be able to land Charlie Caruso no problem. So Charlie, if you're listening... You know, hit me up, 619-343-3005. We can uh, be the next power couple. You know, let me know. But anyway, folks, welcome to episode one, two, three of A Shot of Wrestling. You know, I'm your host, at Michael J. Putty. A couple weeks ago, we had Vacant on. Last week, we had Green Man coming back. This week, you know, it's just me again. Flying solo this week. And once again, we get to uh, relax, take it easy, intimate one-on-one conversation with you, the listener. If you are a loyal listener, welcome back. If you are new to the show, welcome, enjoy. We're going to have a good time tonight, so just kick back, relax. Now, weekly, I've been doing this new segment called Shot of Wrestling Replay, where I go over a pay-per-view where people only remember one specific thing about that show. Now, this week, 20 years ago, Mankind was going against The Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. Now, but once again, that's all people remember about that event. What else happened? Even I don't remember. Let's go back. Let's replay it this week. King of the Ring, 1998, sponsored by Super Soaker. June 28, 1998, the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The Headbangers with Takamishino Clue. Defeated Kai and Tai in 6 minutes, 44 seconds. Ken Shamrock defeated my man Jeff Jarrett via submission in a King of the Rings semifinals match in 5 minutes, 29 seconds. The Rock defeated Dan Severin in another King of the Rings semifinals match in 4 minutes, 25 seconds. Too much? Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor defeated Al Snow and Head with Jerry Lawler as special guest referee in 8 minutes, 26 seconds. X-Pac with China defeated Owen Hart in 8 minutes, 30 seconds. The New Age Outlaws with China again defeated the new Midnight Express, Bodacious Bart and Bombastic Bob with Jim Cornette to retain the Tag Team Championship in 9 minutes 34 seconds. Ken Shamrock defeated The Rock via submission again in the finals to win the King of the Ring Tournament in 14 minutes 9 seconds. The Undertaker defeated Mankind in the classic Hell in a Cell match, which only lasted 17 minutes. And in your main event, Kane defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin in a first blood match to win the WWF World Heavyweight Championship in 15 minutes, 58 seconds. Now, had Kane lost here, he would have had to have set himself on fire. What? That's bananas. But a nice walk down memory lane nonetheless. But moving on, hope you all had a nice week. Me was kind of long. For like the third week in a row, I'm missing a day. Like Tuesday, I think is Wednesday. Wednesday, I think is Thursday. Thursday, I think is Friday. Which throws me up because now... Thursday night rolls around, I'm ready to have a couple drinks, get ready for the show, enjoy, relax, enjoy myself. But you know, I, I can't, because I fucking work the next day. Third week in a row. What the fuck, man? Ah, oh, I drive myself crazy. But the good part about this week, for the 20th season in a row, Big Brother has returned. Now I can officially say summer has started. 16 new house guests have moved into a house, isolated from the world. No returning house guests, no veterans, no crazy plot twist as of yet. If you're a Big Brother fan, follow along at Michael J. Putty. I'll be, you know, posting and chatting around. All season long. If you're not, need something to watch this summer, check out Big Brother on CBS three times a week. 
I think it's Sundays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. It's a good time. Good time. Now, last week, I talked about how I was reorganizing my house. You know, I was going to mount my guitar. So I'm Jeff Jarrett. I got, now I got two belts signed, but one by Bret Hart, one by Jeff Jarrett. I'm going to mount those to the wall, hang out some different plaques, reorganize everything. My house was a fucking mess. Well, I did it this week. Actually, came out better than I thought it would. So I'm happy about that. It looks nice. But how in the world is my house still a fucking mess? My house is even more of a mess than it was before I reorganized it. Oh, I mean, I need a fucking vacation. I need a day off, maybe a couple weeks off to organize everything because my house is a fucking mess. Oh, anyway, a couple weeks ago when I got the guitar, I was talking about Mike, the bartender downstairs. Well, if you're new to the show again, we're here coming to you from Omega Studios, which is a professional recording studio, but it's atop a bar. And once again, I talk about this all the time. I don't know how or why the architect constructed it this way. It doesn't make any sense to me, having a loud bar atop a quiet soundproof studio. So a couple weeks ago when I was waiting for Vacant to show up, I was down in the bar talking to Mike about my new guitar, signed by Jeff Jarrett, and he actually suggested maybe I mount it to the wall. So earlier tonight, I was down there talking to him about how I did it, showing him some pictures. He loved it. He was a great time. You know, I realized, you know, we haven't had Mike in the show in a while. So I talked to him about it. He cleared up. Still relatively early. I think it's kind of a slow night downstairs. So we're going to throw it to Mike, which is all set up. So he should be ready to go. I told him the time. It's about that time. So let's see what's up. Let me turn his mic on right here. Two seconds, one seconds. Two shots. Oh, shit, shit. He, uh, he knows I'm talking to him. I just texted him. What? I hate when he does this. But, uh, Mike, Mike, how you doing? Long time no chats. How's everything going? Not bad, my friend. How's the bar tonight? No, not too bad. Not too bad tonight. We got the uh, we got the karaoke here later on. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, we're doing our song tonight, right? Uh, well, I don't know about that. We'll see. Well, well, well. We'll see. But, uh, you're the one who got me into the karaoke in the first place. We do a show together each and every time. Yeah, I know, but you know, it's kind of late. I got the podcast. I don't know how late I'm running. Excuses, excuses, my friends. We are here all nights, serving the drinks, singing some songs, finish your show, come down here a little later. Megan's here waiting for you. A lot of show going on tonight. Lots of talk about. Putties. Come on. You know, there's a table full of very attractive young women here for you, putty. If you come down. Woo them with your angelic voice. Maybe we sing our songs. All right, maybe. See what happens. Get yeah. into it. You never know. Right, I make no promises. Don't look at scores. But Mike, you know, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Too long. Uh, people who are tuning in, probably listening to you for the first time. Hello. You are a resident bartender. You always have some sort of fun wrestling-themed shot. That's right. That's right. What do you got here on episode one, two, three? We're in a special episode. I'm going to honor one of my favorite wrestlers of all times, the nature boy himself, Rick Flair. Okay. It's very similar to one of those uh, Jager bombs. Okay? Everyone loves the Jager bombs. That's right. Red Bull's really in right now. Damn right. So you pull a Red Bull into a glass. I like. Then you drop. Wait for this. Ready? Not Jaegers. Not Jaegers. No, no, no. Okay. You drop a shot of Goldschlager. What? And then you chug until you're finished. Woo! Not for nothing, that sounds absolutely disgusting. Don't knock it till you try it. You know, I will come down here after the show. I'll give you a Nature Boy shot. Then we sing our songs. Went over the ladies. I'm not, you know I'm not, singing, I'm not singing tonight, buddy. Been a very long week. It's not the whole podcast I have to do, buddy. You now come down and hang out with you afterwards. But as for singing, I don't think we're the cards here tonight. We're singing every time. Gotta keep the tradition alive. Come on, buddies. You know you want to. Don't make me call the green man's. Good luck. You know, he's all the way down for karaoke's. Come on, buddies. How about this? Let me, let me see how I am after the show. Well, come downstairs. Well, I'll feel it out. See how I am. See how the crowd is. See how I'm feeling. All right, buddy. 
and it shows them. What are you doing? Pearly white. Stop. Stop. Just a jackknife has all the mega heat, babe. And he keeps it out of sight. Come on, come on. You know when the shark baits with his teeth, babe. Can you hear me? Scarlet billows start to spread. Oh, jeez. Fancy gloves. Oh, where's old mega heat, babe? So there's never, oh, here's nothing. never a trace of red. It's on the, the sidewalk. Uh, uh, who's selling money, money? Lies a bunny, just oozing life. And someone sneaking round the corners. Could that someone be making the noise? Yeah, there we go, buddy. There we go, all right. Happy now? Well, buddy, you got it. Still got to do this tonight. Right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it happens after the show. Let me get back to the work. Got a lot of news to do. Okay. You go serve those girls some drinks. You got it. See, I like their fucking nature boy shot. Yeah. They're going to love it. And I'll be down there. Put the song in. We'll rock it out tonight. You want me over. Happy? You want me over. Very happy. See you later, buddies. Red Bull and Goldschlager. Those girls are not going to like that shot. No one's going to like that shot. That sounds absolutely disgusting. If you try it, let us know. In the box at com or hit me up at Michael J. Putty. Uh, I can't imagine this tasting good. I'm not like a gold schlager fan in general because that gold fucking flaky pieces. Not only does it look gross. A friend of mine got drunk off that one time and he told me he threw up and all he threw up was this gold fucking plated pieces. No, thank you. Oh, but we'll see what happens. You know, I might, might try it. If I get drunk enough, I might try it. And anyway, moving on real quick. This week, Green Man has another interview. An exclusive interview with the man himself, Cha-Cha-Charlie. So Green Man, take it away. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today is a very special day because today we have legendary action wrestling heavyweight champion, Cha-Cha Charlie. How you doing, my man? Welcome to the show. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, it means a lot to me, and uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. There's a lot that we want to get to, uh, but let's just start from humble beginnings Give us a little background. Before you were a, a professional wrestler, what was your life like? Uh, I was actually a cameraman for wrestling. Uh, I've been involved with the wrestling world my whole life, I want to say. I, I love wrestling. I, I love everything that, that it comes with. And I've I just been doing I've been involved with wrestling for a long time. My uncle's a, a wrestler in the Dominican Republic. He actually passed away, but he used to uh, feud with uh, world-famous Jack Veneno. Mm-hmm. So, um wrestling i want to say it's a it's a part of my blood now you were uh you're born and raised in new york uh washington heights uh so when you talk about going into the dominican republic you went to visit you have a lot of family still there yeah i have family in the dominican republic most of my family is in new york city but we're all over um yeah i was born in the united states but uh you know since my uncle was a, a wrestler over there I, I decided to carry the, the heritage the background and everything and uh continue the legacy is there a difference between wrestling in the United States versus wrestling in the Caribbean? Uh, there is. Uh, you know, United States wrestling, it's a little bit more structure. Um, it's, a, it's a different ball ballgame. Um, so there is a difference uh, in, in wrestling in the Caribbean. You know, it's all out. still have to um, know what you're doing out there. I want to say it's a little bit more rough out there than, than, than in the United States. Is it easier for someone new getting started in the Dominican Republic to say, I want to follow this dream, I want to be a professional wrestler? 
No, it's not because uh, wrestling is not all over. Um, it's in different cities, and if there's like a school, it's going to be one one school in one city. Uh, so it's it's not you won't find schools all over. And it's um, you know yes, there's a lot of wrestling in the Dominican Republic, but there's not a there's not a lot of schools out there. Where uh, over here in the United States, you have the opportunity to, to do some research and look for a school and, and start getting trained, pay your dues. And um, once you're ready to wrestle, you know, there's a lot of options out here compared to um, uh, anywhere else in the, in, in the Dominican Republic. When you got started, who did you so- seek out as your trainer and what school did you go to? Um, my trainer is Pablo Marquez, who's an ECW legend. Uh, he used to, um, he wrestled in the WWE for a little bit. He's, he has a school out here, Coastal Championship Wrestling, uh, the main event training center. The way we started was that uh, he needed a cameraman and someone to edit his videos, and uh, that's what I originally went to school for. Oh, wow. I have an associate in science and film production. So um, eventually they contacted me to, to Pablo Marquez. I, was, I wanted to uh, film his, his shows. You know, something when I was filming, every time I was on top of the ring, I was like, I should be, I should be in there. Oh, wow. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And uh, eventually, you know, we worked out a deal. You know, he trains me. I'll do the films, and um, it was just magic. Um, he saw he saw the talent in me. He saw something in me, and he he never gave up, and, and he kept on pushing, 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 and and now here I am as Chat Chat Charlie. So, <laughs> so you've already explored a different avenue in the business as, as a cameraman, and you've seen wrestling through. Uh, I guess a different lens than other people do. Are there any other sides of the business that you would like to explore in your career other than being a professional wrestler? Yeah, I mean, there, there's so much to this game. Um, there's it's, it's a never-ending learning experience. Uh, every time you learn something new, um, I, I want to experience it all. Like, I, I really want to be a top indie star. I'm working hard on it. That's one of the, the things that, I, that I'm working towards um, to exploring. Well, it doesn't get anything more than closer to the top than your most recent match, and that was with Alberto Del Rio or two. Um, those impact followers, Alberto El Patron. Fill us in on how that went, because that was just this past weekend. So it's fresh off of your mind. Yeah, it was uh, this past weekend. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be uh, me and uh, his brother, uh, Hijo de Dos Cara, on a one-on-one. Um, uh, the footages of the, the match should be coming up sh- shortly. But yeah, it was for Coastal Championship Wrestling Summer Glory, which uh, w- had a star-studded event. Um, Caitlin was there. Obviously, Alberto the Real, uh, Hugo. Uh, there was a lot of people there. And uh, yeah, originally it was it was supposed to be a singles match. I took advantage. I started, you know, getting the upper hand on Hijo de Dos Caras, and I guess uh, El Patron didn't like the fact that I was. Uh, uh, on top winning and uh, he came and interfered in my match and um they put the boots on me and uh thanks god uh you know i'm a, I'm a ccw veteran there and uh the the actual veteran himself el jefe el santo came and uh he helped he helped me out and eventually we, we turned it into the main event it was me and el jefe santos versus uh the brothers uh hijo de dos caras and alberto el patron del rio Interesting. And and how is there a difference between facing someone, a veteran now, as Alberto Del Rio, who's been in the WWE, in Impact Wrestling, um, pretty much all over the world, and 
getting in the ring with someone of that caliber versus getting someone who maybe just has made two, three years under their belts. Big difference, a big difference. You could tell the the veteran, uh, you, could, you could tell he knows his craft. You could tell he's been there plenty of time, and he knows he knows what he's doing. Um, he was pretty good. Is it intimidating uh, at some times? It was intimidating uh, at first, uh, but once you're in the ring, you know, um, the jitters goes off. But right right before you hit the, the, the curtain, I did have the jitters, I, I must say. But um, it, it wouldn't be natural if you didn't. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I always say you have to have those jitters, and, and a true professional knows how to work those jitters and turn that into confidence, turn that into positive energy. So when you go through that curtain, you know, the jitters just fly away. And uh, Exactly. Um, being in the ring with Alberto Del Rio, is there any moments looking back at it that you're like, oh, that is something I'm going to always remember that maybe I could put into my arsenal on how I continue to work in the ring in the future? Or is there something from that match that you learn? You're like, ooh, I'm not going to do that ever again. Yeah, yeah, there was a few things. Um uh, you know, he he called a spot where um, I, I didn't know what was the name of the of the, the move, and uh, and something happened there where you know we just had to go with the flow. But uh, at the end of the day, um, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be in the ring with him. He's actually one of the guys that I look up to in in the wrestling world. Um, I'm a huge fan, and the fact that I got to be in the ring with him in the in opposite corners um, it means so much to me, and uh, it's something that I, I would never forget. It's uh, one of the best experiences I've ever experienced um, with with, uh, with someone with uh, his caliber and, and his professionalism. I find it always interesting on when a wrestler who's been working uh, in the independent scene gets to get into the ring with someone that they look up to. Who else is on that list that you would want to get in the ring with that you looked up to for so many years that it would really make a big difference in your career? Yeah, there's a lot of wrestlers. I like. Uh, I'm a big fan of AJ Styles. There, there's so many guys that I, that, you know, that I would love to be in the ring for, in the ring with. Uh, Bertle being one of them. Uh, Rey Mysterio, the the, the Young Bucks. Um, there, there's so many guys right now. Um, but yeah, this is this is ultimate high. Like this is Alberto was up there, top guy up there. Uh, another guy I look up to is Carlito, Caribbean cool. Um, that'll be a great opportunity to be in the ring with him. I, I am scheduled to be in a, on a show with him uh, come August 25th for uh, CCW, uh, the, D- uh, the the Malenko Cup. So he's oh, going to wow. be on that card. Hopefully, awesome. uh, I have the opportunity to, to work him or or even be a part of you know a part of it. It's all good as long as I'm in the ba- in, in the locker room with Cardito. That's cool. Yeah, Caribbean, cool. recently um i got into a conversation with a co-worker of mine as far as who were my favorite wrestlers of all time um and you know you have your greats like mine's are macho man randy savage uh brett the hitman Hart, but carlito is definitely part of that just because there hasn't been that many people throughout the years that got me so invested in their matches. You know, I remember being a lot younger when Carlito was on Monday Night Raw, and I was like, I can't wait to see his match. Like, I wanted to see the match. And it's very rare now because there's so much more, like we mentioned earlier, there's different facets of wrestling. You know, there's the drama side of it. There's the gimmick side of it. And, you know, it's hard for someone to have you invest in actually watching their match. For example, AJ Styles. People want to watch AJ Styles in the ring. Exactly. 
I want to watch AJ Styles every single time he he gets in the ring. Who who else is exactly we're talking? Yeah, who else is on that list that right now currently out there that you're looking forward to seeing them perform? There's, I mean, there's Ricochet. I've been watching him for a while. Amazing. Yeah, amazing, amazing, great talent, and uh, seeing him transition from from the Indies to to where he's at right now. You know, he has to change his game a little bit more, but at the same time, uh, just just looking at the transition and still being able to apply all, everything he does, uh, it's just wonderful. Uh, I love everything about Ricochet right now, too. The guys that I grew up watching, Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, those are my favorite. Uh, Hulk Hogan being the superhero he is, the, the when he was, uh, you know, the, the red and yellow. Uh, that, that's another thing that got me into wrestling. <laughs> I was a big fan of uh, Hulk Hogan. Does any of the heat that Hogan has gotten in these past years influence the way you may see Hogan now? No, no, not really. Um, then they Hulk Hogan, you know, he's done so much for the wrestling world. I looked, I looked up to him as a little kid. He was my hero. Yeah. And till till now, he, you know, at the end of the day, he's gonna be my hero since <laughs> he was uh, my hero as a little kid. So I, I do look up to uh, Hulk Hogan. Now. We started the show by saying legendary action wrestling heavyweight champion, Cha-Cha Charlie. That's right. That's right. Um, (laughs) I I kind of feel part of it because a good friend to the show, a brother, I would say, to the show, Eric Jaden, kind of helped you get that Mm. win. Um, So how do you feel about Eric Jaden? I mean, you know, because of him, you are the champion. Wait, it's because of him. I'm the champion? No, no, let's get it straight. (laughs) I worked myself to become the number one contender. I got myself in that situation. And um, it was only right that, um, you know, I got the title shot in my hometown of New York City in Washington Heights. Um, But uh, Eric Jaden decided to put his nose where it didn't belong. He got involved in my match. He ended up cheap shotting me, too. With all that, I still became the new legendary heavyweight champion. Now, this was during Memorial Day weekend. It was a busy, busy weekend for you. As it, Even just to get started with you in a championship match, you were going against Frankie Flo. Um, how did it feel going up against, I would say, I guess the boss? Yeah, the boss. Um, he was the heavyweight champion. Uh, it doesn't matter who was the heavyweight champion that day. I was going there for one thing and one thing only, and uh, that's becoming the legendary action wrestling heavyweight champion. Um, Frankie Flo, he's big, he's strong. He knows what he's doing in the ring. You know, he's a great guy. At the end of the day, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's why, you know, he he ended up losing to the one and only Cha-Cha-Charlie. That charisma that just flows through is exactly why when I – I've seen you in action, like the beginning, before you even get in the ring, it it turns into a party. What do you contribute to the fans just embracing you? As soon as your music hits, it's like everybody's out of their seats. The kids smiles on their faces. Everybody's ready to move. Like, what is it? The the fans want to be involved. Uh, They want to be a part of the show. And uh, what better way than, than have them, have them dance while I come out, you know, have them be happy. Uh, you know, I, I do this for the kids. I do this for the, for my fans. I do this for everybody. And, uh, the first thing I want is, is when I come out and hit the curtains, I want to see everybody excited. I want to have fun. Uh, you know, I'm in there. Yeah. You know, when you're in there, 
you got to take it serious. Uh, but at the same time, you know, have fun. Uh, be positive. Um, you know, I just soak everything in. The fact that I'm, you know, wrestling and, and having a whole bunch of people watch me wrestling, I just said there's only one thing to do right after is, uh, is dance for everybody, yeah. right? <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Green Man loves to dance. Green Man loves to dance. So it fits right in. Um, the independent scene has literally it, – it, it's blowing up right now. There's so many great companies out there, so much great wrestling. Um, how do you feel on the state of independent wrestling right now? I, I feel the same way. I feel like it's, it's booming right now. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of um, different organizations out there that, that they're doing great. They're doing good things. Uh, and, and they're helping everyone. Every, everyone that's you know trying to live their dream as a as a professional wrestler, this is the time to do it because with, uh, with the way it's booming, if this is what you wanted to do, it, it's it's easier than than what a lot of think a lot what a lot of people actually think it might be because a lot of people think it, it it's kind of hard to get into. If this is what you want to do, you've got to put in the work, you know, pay your dues, and uh, build a character out of it. How did the uh, Chacha character get started? Uh, it's a funny story. Um, I was always dancing. I originally wanted to be Charlie Charlie uh, Charlie Bronson. Uh, Charlie Bronson is a good actor. Well, it's a character, mm-hmm. but I wanted it to be like the Spanish version. So I was. Uh, I told my coach I wanted it to be El Charlie Bronson. Uh, <laughs> Try to switch it around, but The Rock's dad didn't like it. He didn't like it. The Rock's I'm dad. Like, oh man. Yeah, the rock stack. He he will he, he helped me train. It. When I, wow. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, the name Charlie stuck around. Everyone was calling me Charlie, and uh, every time I practiced, I was just dancing, dancing, dancing. And then you know, one of the guys, one of the boys, told me, "Hey, why don't you put Cha Cha right in front of it?" I'm like, Cha Cha, Cha Cha Charlie, Cha Cha Charlie. Oh wow! This this uh, it rings a bell. Cha cha Charlie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and cha cha Charlie is stuck. Everybody loves it. It's easy to remember. It's it's cha cha time when I hit the stage. That's great. Um, conversations backstage. I love that the Rock's father decided to put the kibosh on your original character. <laughs> <laughs> How many yeah, people could did. say that? Uh, I know a lot of people can't say that, but yeah. He, He's one of them that decided, you know, he helped me. If it wasn't for him, Tata Tardy wouldn't have been out there. So true. I, I thank Rocky for that. Well, one accolade, I don't know if it's an accolade or, or not, is, you know, The Rock's father saying you, you cannot be Charlie Bronson. But what other accolades in the, in the last uh, few years do you feel that are successes for you? Um, I, I've been a, a tag team with uh, a legend himself, former uh, WWE Hall of Famer Tito Santana. Being in the ring with uh, some guy with you know with his experience, his knowledge, uh, that 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 hit me where like I, I couldn't believe that was happening. Like that's one of my dreams come true: being in the same ring as a tag team, coming out with the victory, celebrating after the show. Yeah, it was, was wild. Uh, I was there at that show. That was wild. You, you were, you were. <laughs> uh, so uh, that 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 was huge. Uh, I got to tag team with MVP. He also helped me out on one of my matches. Uh, I, I don't know, as as a, as a face, uh, all these heels, all these guys are. There's something that they don't like about me. I don't know what it is, but I keep getting a sneak uh, a sneak attack, like like Eric Jaden. <laughs> 
You know what it is, Chacha? Yeah. When when you're such a positive guy like yourself, with someone with some great charisma, great chemistry with the fans, the spotlight just just naturally falls on you. You know, when you come out, yeah. you don't you don't need no spotlight. It just naturally glows from inside of you, and the fans see that. Now, I'm not saying Eric Jaden recognizes that and wants to take a little piece of that spotlight, but maybe others do, <laughs> you know, because Eric Jaden yeah. has his own spotlight. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, I, you know, he's a, his character is pretty flamboyant. He's out there. I like it. But um, I, I got a score to settle with him. When is that fight actually going to happen? Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be the main event. I will be defending my LAW heavyweight championship against Eric Jaden. On July 21st for um, Lucha Libre Fight Night in Spanish Harlem. The tickets are available at tickery.com. And uh, I look forward to defending my title and getting my revenge on him. Because uh, when I get my hands on him, he's definitely, definitely not going to be celebrating after the show. Well, we're big Eric Jaden fans. So we're going to wish Eric a lot of luck on that show. Um, and hopefully he could bring the law championship home to a shot of wrestling but before mm. we let you go there's something <laughs> very important that i need to discuss with you because memorial day weekend we cross paths and we may may have not even known in the moment that we did cross paths because i was in times square and you were in times square for enzo amore the real one decided to drop his album in times square come in in a souped up car in front of thousands and like push his way through the crowd and you were literally clearing the path for him. Um, how did that interaction come around? How did you get involved with Enzo Amore? <laughs> uh, a funny story. Um, you know, I was scheduled to leave the next day. Didn't even know that, that this was going to happen, but um, through mutual friends, actually my boy Taz all pro, he, he gave my information to Enzo. Enzo called me and, um, he knew I was in, I was there in town, so um, you know he he needed some some help. He needed security, and um, he also told me to bring some heavy artillery. There was no one else I could have thought of of bringing him down. The, the big bad Vince Steele with me and Aramis La Paz. So you know, we, we, all three of us did it. We were there hanging out in the studio. He ended up dropping a song that same night. He finished the song within three hours. Uh, believe it or not, Enzo is pretty talented. That guy. He knows what he's doing, and uh, I'm there to support uh, Enzo Mori for sure, the real one. Is there? But yeah, I, I did see, I did see you guys. I saw, I saw the the a shot of wrestling shirts out there. There was a few shirts out there. <laughs> there were a few. I saw yeah, you guys. Yeah, there were a few. Is this the end of your relationship with Enzo Mori, or is there more to come? Is this just the beginning? There's more to come. We stayed in contact. We became, we became good friends. There's definitely more to come. It just depends on him. You know, if he wants to do the wrestling thing, you know, he's going to be doing a few things out there. But at the end of the day, you know, he's focused on his music right now. And, um, you know, I wish him the best. Uh, and I think he's, he has something coming with, with the music industry right now. Yeah. A lot of people may hate me for what I'm about to say, but I totally respect um, Enzo Amore because he had a dream that he wanted to be a wrestler and he went and he did it and his other dream was to be a rapper and he's going to do go out and do that um and i could only respect the hard work that someone's willing to put when they have a dream and are able to put it into fruition just like any wrestler you know you have a dream and you mentioned earlier it's it's not that hard 
it's not that hard because I know that you guys are, have so much passion. And they always say, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And what exactly. may seem to work to others may not seem work to you guys. So it's easy to put in the miles. It's easy to say, I'm going to, in the middle of work, do an interview with a shot of wrestling. It's easy for you to say, I'm going to fly to New York and do a show and defend my title. Then I'm going to go and, and chill with Enzo Amore. Then I'm going to go back and do another match with Alberto El Real. Because it's, you guys are passionate, and I could only respect that, man. Yeah, man. All you got to do is really put, put in the work uh, and... and- just see it happening, believe in it. And uh, if you accomplish that and you can make things, you know, a reality in your mind, it'll definitely become a reality down the road. You just have to put in the work. Now, I've never done this before, and I think this is going to be the best way to end this interview. Por la primera yep. vez, vamos a terminar esta entrevista en español. ¿Está bien? Está bien, claro que sí, <laughs> mi Entonces, la última pregunta que tengo para ti, Chacha Charlie, para toda la comunidad hispana, ¿A dónde pueden ver la mejor lucha libre y por qué deben de ir a ver esas organizaciones? Hay muchos diferentes sources que, usted, eh, que la gente puede ver la lucha libre. Si tú estás en Florida, eh, Coastal Championship Wrestling es uno de los mejores. Si tú estás en Nueva York, eh, Legendary Action Wrestling. Hay muchas opciones para la gente. Y, y si quieren ver más de Chacha Charlie, la malo que tiene que ser eh, ir para YouTube con Chacha Charlie Wrestling, Chacha Charlie Lucha. Y tú ves todo lo mío y todo lo que yo he hecho para todos mis latinos. Muchas gracias, Chacha. Pero antes que nos vayamos, before we go, if anybody wanted to follow Chacha Charlie on social media, where could they do that? Yeah, definitely. They could follow me on my Instagram and Twitter at it, It's Chacha Time. So ITS Chacha Time. If you want to find me on Facebook, just look up Chacha Charlie. My YouTube is uh, B-Pep Productions, or just type in Chacha Charlie, and uh, you'll, you'll find me. You'll find me out there. Chacha, era un placer tenerlo aquí en el Shadow Wrestling. Ojalá lo vamos a ver bien, bien pronto. Pero antes que se vaya, tenemos un poquito más de traguitos de tomar en Last Call. So, muchas gracias por tenerme. We're going to take this shot of tequila. Y después, when everything's all said and done, we'll be dancing and celebrating all night long with a shot of wrestling <laughs> awesome well on that note I, I hear the tequila is starting to get poured over here so let's get to that and get through some news so we could get to last call what's good my people this is cha cha charlie and if you like that interview stay tuned for a shot of wrestling's last call It's in the news with Michael J. Putty. What's right, folks? It is finally official. WWE announced it has completed a landmark agreement with USA and Fox Sports, effective October 1st, 2019 for the U.S. distribution rights for Raw and SmackDown as part of this five-year deal. Monday Night Raw will continue to air on the U.S. network, and Fox Sports will distribute SmackDown Live each and every Friday on Fox. This agreement increases the average annual value of WWE's U.S. distribution to 3.6 times that of the prior deal with NBC Universal, which was somewhere in the billions. 
So good job for WWE. They're making a buttload of money now. Eric Shanks, president, COO, and executive producer of Fox Sports said, and I quote, at Fox, we are thrilled to welcome WWE to the Fox Sports family and bring SmackDown Live to broadcast television. We are huge fans and know that together Fox Sports will be the leader in live events for the foreseeable future. Vince McMahon chimed in saying, and I quote, WWE and Fox are a perfect match, moving SmackDown Live to broadcast TV and having the ability to leverage Fox's extensive portfolio of world-class sporting events will expand the reach of our flagship programming. We reported about it a couple weeks ago, and now it's finally official. They finally inked the deal. Uh, the WWE are expecting to have additional programs. It's been rumored that with the Fox deal, it will allow NXT to be aired on Fox Sports 1, but that has not been confirmed yet, so we'll keep you updated in other news. Well, it's been a few weeks, folks. We've not talked about it, so let's talk about it this week. The XFL. I can't do it like he does. Vince, take it away. The XFL. Well, the return of the XFL was always going to be a very expensive venture, being how much money this man sold in his stocks. And now that they have a better understanding of what they need to do, better understanding of how to run an actual football league, where to direct their investments. And as has been reported, Vince McMahon is funding the relaunch personally himself and has believed to put in around $100 million into this project. But recently, that figure turns out to be nowhere near that. ESPN reports that Vince McMahon has told insiders that he has invested personally $500 million of his own money and I quote, people were, were focused on the $100 million, but the truth is, that doesn't even get us to the 20-yard line. End quote from the XFL commissioner and CEO, Oliver Luck. The players, coaches, and trainers will be the biggest cost, of course, with the top players expected to earn around 75000 but could increase due to their demands. During the first run of the XFL back in 2001, players were paid around 45000 so this is a huge increase. So good for them. McMahon will also have to contend with huge insurance premiums, which would cost around $10 million a year. And then there is, of course, all the live event sporting costs, the stadiums, the concession stands, the TV people, blah, blah, blah. I could go down the line. So $500 million of his own money. God damn. Hope it works out for you, Vince. You know, I'm your biggest fan. Looking forward to the XFL. So we'll find out in 2020. Fingers crossed in all the news. Vader's son announced this week there are a couple things in the future on the way for Vader fans. Apparently... Vader and his son were busy working on some projects and will soon know what they have in mind. His son said, and I quote, it will always and forever be Vader time. So stay tuned because apparently there's some stuff coming out with Vader and his son. We'll keep you updated. But also, speaking of Vader, his, his son also revealed to TMZ that the man they call Sting was very much there for Vader at the end of his life. His son told TMZ that Sting would come over and read the Bible with Vader and help him out a lot during his final month of his life. So God bless Sting. You know, Sting's a God-worshipping man. So hopefully he was able to comfort Vader in those final moments. Once again, rest in peace, Vader. Another news. Looking towards the future, the WWE Performance Center held tryouts this week and amongst a list of participants, which included former football players, local indie standouts. There was also former Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion, and Zack Ryder's girlfriend, Chelsea Green, former Impact X Division champion, television champion, tag team champion, Robbie E., and two sons of Devon Dudley, Terrell and Terrence Hughes. Good luck to everybody. I know Chelsea Green pretty well. She was on Tough Enough a couple years ago. Um, she was an alternate. She ended up replacing somebody who was an original cast member because she walked away because she couldn't handle it. And Chelsea Green was awesome. She kind of stood out. Um, surprised she didn't win. But once again, it was, it was fan voting. The fans screwed that season up. If you watched Tough Enough last time, you know what I'm talking about. But I'm surprised that they didn't sign her after the show aired because she's definitely worth it, as we know by her success in Impact Wrestling. So good luck to Chelsea. Good luck to Zack Ryder. Good to have his girlfriend on the rope with him. 
We'll keep you updated how this goes. But one person we will not be seeing in the Performance Center anytime soon is my man Eli Drake. After months and months of negotiations with Impact, they officially announced that he has signed a new multi-year deal with the company. No word yet on the terms of that deal, but uh, Eli Drake ain't going nowhere. He's going to run Impact for the years to come. Looking forward to watching him develop and grow in Impact. Good luck to you in all the news. Maurice revealed on her Instagram that this week she officially became an American citizen. So uh, congratulations to the former Canadian. In other news, W United Kingdom champion Pete Dunne has passed 400 days as champion. And now, alongside with Brock Lesnar, they have accomplished a new mind-boggling statistic that has not been seen in decades. For the first time in 30 years, there are two champions within the WWE with reigns of over 400 days. The last time this occurred was 1988 when Sensational Sherry was women's champion. And the Honky Talk Man was the Intercontinental Champion. Very impressive to both men, but you know it's not that hard because none of them defend the belt. The latest rumor is that Brock Lesnar is not even going to be at SummerSlam. So God knows how long he's going to hold that belt for. And God knows how long Pete Dunne's going to hold that belt for. So this new record they're holding, possibly, could never be broken. I could never see a time where this happens again. So congratulations to you guys. And finally, in other news. You know, I try to end the show on a positive note, an uplifting note. Not this week, unfortunately. You know, I can report that Matt Capitelli has passed away at the age of 38 following a lengthy battle with a brain tumor. Um, yeah, kind of a loss for words here. You know, if you've listened to the show for a while now, you know I've been following this story you know, pretty much since the beginning. And you all know what a huge WWE mark I am. So, of course, I watched Tough Enough growing up each and every season. And I remember when he won. It was at WWE New York here in Times Square. I like this guy. I was rooting for this guy. I was hoping he would win, and he did. Um, you know, but following his story last year, year and a half, it just seems like every time he took one step forward, the disease took two steps back. And uh, this man put up a hell of a fight, a better fight than anyone ever imagined. Even those doctors, uh, he beat it once, went into remission, but then came back. And unfortunately, he could not beat it this time. Greedman actually brought the news to me, which is a first, him breaking news to me. So after he hung up the phone, I uh, went to my Instagram and Twitter account, at Michael J. Potty, and posted a uh, tribute to the man. Well, Eddie, the conductor on Instagram, commented on my post and uh, kind of summed it up pretty well. He said, and I quote, R.I.P. Matt Capitelli, you're, you fought a battle no one should ever have to fight, and you did it with strength and courage. Good luck in the new promotion I've been hearing a lot about, HGW, Heaven's Gate Wrestling. I heard the competition is tough. But you got it hands down. God bless. Well put, Eddie. You know, as wrestling fans, we're used to these larger-than-life characters dying, unfortunately, for various reasons. Mostly with drugs or steroids or heart issues. But this was cancer, a brain tumor. And it's just something he could not avoid. It wasn't his fault. It was just the way the cards were dealt to him. And last time I talked about the story, uh, his wife posted a lengthy, touching post on her Facebook. Well, there we go. His wife, Lindsay, confirmed on her Facebook page again about his passing. And she posted, and I quote, Hey, Team Cap, I've been struggling with what to say and how to say this. And I'll probably end up rambling, but here it goes. Today, my love, my strong, sweet, beautiful love, took his last breath at 3.30 a.m. and went home to be with Jesus. Exactly one year after his brain surgery. You think you can prepare for this when you know it's coming, but you just can't. The only person who can comfort me now, that I want right now, is the one who can't give it to me. I miss him so much. I know where he is now is so much better, but it doesn't change how much I'm going to miss him. Yeah, can't really... Uh... How do you comment on that? How do you uh, reply to that? You know, uh, how do you attribute Matt Capitelli? He wasn't in the W for too long. He but however, impacted a lot of lives. Check, hashtag Matt Capitelli. Check Twitter. Check Instagram. Check Facebook. All these people attributing him who 
were touching his life in some way, whether meeting him at a show, meeting him at a training session. So it's sad to see this guy taken down so early, so young. His life was fully ahead of him. And so there's not a lot of clips to play of him. There's a beautiful moving video package produced by the WWE honoring this guy. So I went back to the archives and I went to watch his Tough Enough 3 acceptance speech, which is on the W Network. You can go check it out. It's where I got it from. So I'm going to play it now. Let's listen to Matt Capitelli winning Tough Enough, one of the highlights of his career. And uh, Matt, take it away. All things are possible through Christ. Through faith, I am here tonight. It's been a long journey, a lot of trials and tribulations, and there are many to come. But through faith, I will make it. I want to thank the trainers of Tough Enough 3L. Bill DeMott, who's here in spirit, no doubt. Ivory, Big, WWE, MTV, and all the other Tough Enough competitors who have paved the way. My family, I love you. My friends, the fans. Everybody watching at home, thank you. And last but not least, I want to mention two people who couldn't be here tonight and are watching from above, my grandfather and Joe. Thank you. I love you. Well, now as he's reunited with his grandpa and Joe, you know, I just wonder what would have been of his career. I don't want to deal with what ifs, but this is got to sit back and realize what would have been. Check it out tough enough. Like I said, it's on the network. We here at a shot of wrestling extended, you know, our heartfelt condolences to his wife, Lindsay, his family, his friends. It's a very, very sad time. And uh, Matt, you know, rest in peace. A shot of wrestling presents here and here. No way to move on from that, just to move on. Here we go. Raw. I'm going to choose a Revival winning here because, you know, I already wrote down that why not let them win? I already healed this. Why not let the Revival win? And uh, holy shit, they fucking won. So good for them. They deserve it. I'm going to cheers that entire Alexa Bliss segment. Top to bottom. Great job. Both women sold it, performed well. The crowd was eating out of the palm of their hands. Side cheers. Mickey James looking smoking hot. I'm going to cheers that Bailey beat down on Banks. Say that three times fast. No, finally. She attacked her out of nowhere. And it was the things the announcers were saying. Like, are they planning on making Bailey the heel here? Because the crowd was loving it. I was loving it. Everyone was loving it. And, you know, Sasha Banks is a natural heel. I'm hoping that they're not trying to fuck with us and make Bailey the heel here somehow because that's not going to work. So don't let that happen. Whoever's listening. Uh, I got to cheers. My man Mojo Raleigh, the verbal beatdown of Todd. <laughs> that was fucking great. Yeah. Fuck you, Todd. And my biggest heel of Raw, my biggest heel of the entire week, Braun Strowman coming out. Everyone calling him Monster in the Bank. And uh, back in episode 119, I talked about this. So let's hit the rewind button. Hear what I had to say back in episode 119. So once again, Raw sucked. Gonna heal Braun Strowman, giving the nickname Mr. Monster in the Bank. That's, that's just plain stupid. It makes no sense. Money in the Bank is a popular catchphrase. That makes sense. If you're going to put a contract for world championship, that ergo is technically money in the bank. Mr. Monster in the bank makes absolutely no sense. It is stupid. Please, please do not let this catch on. Please do not make this into a t-shirt. I feel that's where they're going with it. Because odds are he's winning. So, Mr. Monster in the bank, I don't want to hear that anymore. (sighs) Sorry, past me. They made it into a fucking t-shirt. Wouldn't you fucking know? (sighs) Ugh. Damn, whatever. 
You know, my cheers, probably one of my biggest cheers of Raw in the last couple of weeks was that Ziggler Rollins match. And that went on for what, nearly almost 30 minutes. And I was ready to put it on my list of possible match of the year contenders. That was a great match. Wow, one of the best matches I've seen on Raw, especially in a long time. But that ending, you know, sort of soured it for me. Um, you know, but the good news, I guess, takeaway from here was that we're going to get this match again. We're going to see Ziggler Rollins again in some sort of capacity. So looking forward to it. Pencil it in, Ziggler, Rollins, whatever match you want to have in mind on the shortlist for match of the year. Because those guys, whew, I want to see more of that on Raw. Let's get to SmackDown. We're going to heal. Like, why is Luke Harper wearing a mask now all of a sudden? And why is it a skull? You know, Roman's not wearing a skull. He's wearing a fucking sheep mask. A sheep wearing a gas mask for some reason. It's a mask of a sheep wearing a gas mask. So it's two masks? Ugh. He's wearing a skull. Like you see in the desert. Why? I don't, I don't get that. Going to cheers the cast of Glow and their cameo. No made sense. They would talk to Naomi Glow and Glow. And how awesome was it to see Zoya the Destroyer with the Russian herself, Lana. You know, team them up. Tear through the women's division. The rousing Russians. I'm all in on that. By the way, Glow, season two, premiered June 29th on Netflix. Make sure you check it out now. I'm definitely going to check it out. And uh, Heel, Kane, and the reuniting of Team Hell No. Like, bro, like, aren't you the Republican nominee for mayor of your hometown? Aren't you like the front runner to win this? What are you doing? We don't need to see Daniel Bryan in a tag team. We don't need to see Kane doing whatever Kane does. Focus on winning the mayoralship. That's what happens. People get comfortable. People get lazy. And the opponent, the underdog, swoops right in and wins. Look at James Crowley here in the Bronx and Staten Island. Brooklyn, Staten Island? Whatever it was. So, uh, yeah. Kane. Well, what are you doing, bro? Go back. Go back to where you came from. Thanks. If you lose, come back. When your term's up, come back. But you know, focus on winning. That should be your main focus right now. Not Daniel Bryan for some fucking reason. All right, next up is Lucha on the ground. Opening started out with Johnny Mundo talking with his people. Don't remember the fucking group's name. Talking about the rivalry with the reptiles. Whatever that's about. Bro, shit. You know, who, who did I see? It's, it's fucking Justin Gabriel. Where the fuck did he come from? What rock has he been living under? Justin Gabriel. Lucha Underground. Good to cheers. Good friend of the show. Sonny Kiss making his debut was XO Luscious. Good luck. Hope the future is bright for him. Lucha Underground. And uh, you know, he started on a good note. So let's see what happens. We're going to cheers. Ready for this? Whoa. There was not only a casket match. There was a triple threat casket match. What? Like, I'm still new to the whole Lucha Underground world. Having a hard time finding my way. So I didn't really know who to root for. But, uh, wow. Good match. Unique match. I, I've never seen that before in my life. So good match. I liked it. So I'm cheersing it, I guess. So apparently, I've been watching a lot of non-WWE wrestling recently because I thought this guy, Jeremiah Crane, looked familiar. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. You know, I had to Google it. To confirm it, yeah. But Sam McCallaghan, Sam McCallaghan everywhere else. So why is he Sam McCallaghan in the temple? Why is it Jeremiah Crane? I'll keep you updated. I'm going to dig deeper into this story. So Katarina's man won here. So does she get her life force back now? Is she no longer going to pop up randomly in weird dark rooms? Huh. Make no mention of that. I'll keep you updated. And final cheers, whoa. Eva Elise looking smoking hot. And that fiery, deep, dark red hair. You know, if you know me, I, I got a thing for redheads. And uh, damn. She looked pretty fucking good. Looking damn good. Not quite sure who Ivelisse is. Go way, way back. Episode 86 of A Shot of Wrestling. She actually sat down with Green Man. Talked about her start, where she came from, her career, her future. So go way back. Episode 86. Check out the smoking hot redhead Ivelisse. I was looking underground. Let's get into some impact. Rich Swan made his debut. I'm going to heal that because what the fuck's up with his hair? Like, what's up with that? His hair was bothering me the whole time. Like, something's different about it. Something's off. Doesn't look right that he shaved half his head. Apparently he did. Don't know what I'm talking about? You want to see it for yourself? Check me out at Monk J Party on Instagram and Twitter. I posted the pictures. Let me know what you think. Don't know what he was thinking. 
but they did refer to him as a former cruiserweight champion. So that was kind of a nice little. Oh yeah, he's kind of he's, he's actually kind of important. So see what the future holds for Rich Swan and Impact. And if you remember a few weeks ago, I mentioned that Catalina was back at Impact. You know, I should start watching it just for her. That started the whole conversation of why I should start watching Impact. Well, you know, wouldn't you know? I fucking barely see her. Well! I'm going to cheers the fact that she finally popped up on my screen with her fat, lazy, slob boyfriend, Grado. She told him there's a match next week, and he actually was very surprised. Like, what? She's like, yeah, you know, I can wrestle. Like, I'm a former two-time knockout champion. This douchebag goes, really? She comes back with, yeah, you know, it was a while ago. That was a different season. Boom. I.E. Winter. And fucking she's the best. She's the best. And breaking news I found out before they came to the studio. She's going to be here a couple blocks away from your boy's house doing a signing in September. So your boy's going to meet his uh, impact crush. Damn right. Looking forward to that. But so fucking early. Like 12 o'clock. Ugh, way too early for me. Like Emma was at night. That was great. Like, why, why is it so early in the afternoon? It's going to be fucking hot. They're probably going to be a line. Kids going to be there. Why can't you do it like 7 o'clock at night? Ugh, come on. But anyway, I'll go there. Tickets are cheap. Have her sign a couple things. Post a couple pictures. You know, see what happens. Hopefully, we can get her on the show in the future. Ah, so get this. Impact. Through to PCW Ultra. I think it was San Diego, somewhere on the West Coast. And Pentagon Jr. just finished a cage match. Well, wouldn't you know, Sammy Callahan and the rest of the OVE attacked him. While he's recovering from his victory, his brutal victory, and they held him down. They took off his mask. Oh, snap. No, they did not. Well, of course they did. We don't see his face. He covered it up right away. But later on the show, this leads Pentagon Jr. to challenge Sammy Callahan to a match, a hair versus mask match. Like, dude, I got to heal that because him losing his hair doesn't mean the same. Doesn't have the same effect of you losing your mask. Like, him losing his hair... Right, that sucks, but you know it'll fucking grow back. You losing your mask completely ruins your identity, your character, your cultural standing in lucha libre. What the fuck are you thinking here, bro? Fucking stupid. You might want to rethink this. I mean, it's too late because Sammy Callahan accepted, of course, because he has nothing to lose. It's a win-win for him. Stupid. Eddie Edwards destroyed Tommy Dreamer because now Eddie Edwards thinks something's going on with Tommy Dreamer and his wife. Naturally, <laughs> Eddie Edwards continually spiraled downwards. Well, here we go. The clip of the week. It was their reverse ladder match. I think it's called... Is that the King of the Mountain match? I think it's called the King of the Mountain. It's where the belt is being held by somebody. And there's apparently a penalty box. So if you get pinned, I think you go to the penalty box for a couple minutes. But instead of like a ladder match where you go up to retrieve the title, you have to grab the title from whoever's holding it, like a referee. And you have to climb the ladder and hang it up for some fucking reason. Like if I want to be an NWA champion, why am I hanging the belt up? Don't I want to grab it? I made no sense. I understand they want to play different, stand out. But that's the fucking penalty box is for. You don't need to fucking hang the belt up. What are you fucking housekeeping? So this clip featured Raven, X-Pac, AJ Styles, all vying for the NWA World Championship. And holy shit, who was there? Ready for this flash from the past? Monty Brown. Oh, snap. Remember that guy? I do. Monty Brown was cool. He was powerful. He was a standout in TNA. And he jumped ship to WWE. I was very excited about this. Like, all right, he's cool in TNA. Let's see what he can do in WWE. He only lasted a couple weeks. He had to take a leave of absence for some personal reasons. You know, just never came back. Never even came back to TNA. So whatever, whatever happened to Monty Brown? Green man, get on that. Make, make sure you land him for an interview. I'd love to see what happened to him. But anyway, the clip only lasted three minutes, 55 seconds. Not too bad because there was a shitload of action, but still gave away the ending, man. Like, all right, so I don't need to watch this match because I saw who won. And not for nothing, if you're listening, just put a date on the clip. Like, and, the, and the event. So if I wanted to go back and watch it for some asinine reason, even though you just gave me the ending, I can't because I don't know where to look. 
So whoever's listening, you know, uh, put the date and time in the fucking clip of the week. There's a lot of wrestling this week, man. Whew. And that's just where I can fit in my little notebook. If you want to share your thoughts, your cheers and heels next week, you know, dial it up, 619-343-3005, or comment us on A Shadow Wrestling, Facebook, Instagram, Shadow Wrestling, No A on Twitter. Share your cheers and heels for Raw, SmackDown, Lucha Underground, Impact, for next week's show, episode 124. And uh, I'll read them, maybe even play them. If you get involved, get a part of the conversation. You want to hear me rambling on, do you? Let's get some ratings. This week's Raw drew a 2.663 million, which is down from last week's 2.903. Raw was number five in the night behind Rachel Maddow and Fox News. Raw was number three in the 18 to 49 demographic behind Love and Hip Hop and Basketball Wives. That's a show now. SmackDown this week drew a 2.135 million, which is down from last week's 2.315 million, and it's a new low for 2018. <sighs> SmackDown was number seven in viewership for the night behind Fox News. Rachel Maddow, Specton Howard was number one in the 1849 demographic for the fourth week in a row, so doing something right, so keep it up. Impact this week drew a 254,000, which is down from last week's 262,000, and is also the lowest viewership for 2018. This is also the lowest viewership going back to mid-December of 2017. Impact ranked 125 in the cable's top 150. Last week's show ranked 128, so somehow it fucking climbed the ladder. Lowest ratings of the year, yet it climbed three spots. I guess TV sucked this week, I don't know. Jersey Shore top the night. Number one, 18 to 49 demographic with 1.624 million viewers. You know, follow me at, at Mark J. Party on Twitter and Instagram. You know, we, we met Gianni. It was during the whole Monday Night Smackdown when the Raw brand got stranded because of some fucking volcano eruption. But yeah, it was like 10th like row from the ring and Greenman was like, oh, that Gianni? I'm like, I don't know who Gianni is. I didn't watch Jersey Shore at the time. But yeah, it was. We got a cool picture. And as I was getting the show together, found out about the stock. I haven't heard of the stock in a couple weeks. As of Friday, June 29th, WWE stock was down 2.6% at closing, totaling $72.82 per share. Friday's high was $75.07, and the low was $72.30. Kind of meet in the middle here. So if you own WWE stock, let us know. Jeff the intern, my brother, Robert E. Putty. Let us know how you're doing. There's some go-home thoughts. Well, unfortunately, folks, a good friend of the show, Federated Zone, former BCW World Heavyweight Champion, Mike Orlando suffered a torn ACL and underwent surgery to repair it, but unfortunately that means he'll be out of action for quite some time. You know, I'm a big fan of his. You know, hung out with him at a bar, at the BCW shows a couple times. Great overall guy, not just in the ring, but just generally. He's a great guy. You know, it sucks that it has to happen to him. You know, he, he was my breakout indie wrestler of the year during our year-end awards back in December, and I look forward to picking him as my comeback wrestler of the year. So big man, I know you're listening. Heal up. Look forward to seeing you back in the ring, doing what you do best. Take care. And uh, hopefully see you sooner rather than later. Now, we have this saying on our show that wrestling brings us together. I also like to say when you hear your family. That's what wrestling fans are. Wrestlers are. We're a family. We're a tight-knit community. Especially here in New York City. The mecca of indie wrestling here in the United States. I don't know if that's true. I'm just pulling it out of my ass, I assume. All the hotbed of action is here in New York City. Well... Unfortunately, it's a heavy heart. 15-year-old Lazandro Jr. Guzman Feliz was brutally murdered. Seven men. Seven men attacked one kid. Seven gang members attacked one guy and brutally attacked him with machetes and knives outside of a bodega in the Bronx. And, And it was mistaken identity. Apparently, one of the gang members' sisters or somebody was caught in a sex tape and her boyfriend was seen rapping on that sex tape. So when confronted about it, she lied and said it was this guy, Junior. 
So the gang, to retaliate from this quote-unquote sex tape, didn't beat him up. They hauled his ass outside of a bodega into the streets and murdered him and slaughtered him with machetes and knives like a fucking coward that they are. However, this 15-year-old, this NYPD explorer, had the wherewithal to get up on his feet, go back into the bodega, ask for help. The bodega owner kicked him out. Once again, this guy bleeding out, getting help. Once again, had the wherewithal to jog a block to the nearest hospital. Thank God it was only a block away. And unfortunately, he didn't make it and passed away. Why am I talking about this? Why am I talking about this heavy, depressing story here on A Shot of Wrestling? We're supposed to have fun, lightheartedness. Well, like I said, wrestling brings us together. Manny Martinez is a locally known here in New York City. That was his brother. So when one of us hurts, one of us loses, we all lose, we all hurt. So with the heavy heart, once again, talking about it in the news with Matt Capitelli, we have to mourn a loss of a family member here. So Manny Martinez, you... Your family are in our thoughts and prayers. Thank God all seven men have been captured. I believe they're captured in New Jersey. I don't know the extent, but they're captured in New Jersey. And they're in the process of being extradited here to New York. And during the extradition process, these seven men, those, these seven badasses, these seven macho men, were fucking crying, quivering, scared of what their future holds. You know who wasn't crying? You know who wasn't quivering? The guy you fucking brutally murdered. That guy had the balls to the wherewithal to be a man and try to save himself. Now, you seven fucking pussies are going to rot in jail for the rest of your fucking life. But why am I talking about this here? Like I mentioned earlier, Green Man wanted me to talk about this. He knows Manny Martinez. He knows what he's going through. He follows him on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. And yeah, wrestling brings us together, you know, when you hear your family. So Green Man wanted to know that Manny Martinez, we hear you, we feel you. And uh, once again, God bless. You hear these new stories all the time. But when you know somebody... Or know somebody who knows somebody, it hits you in a different way. So, rest in peace, Alessandro Jr. Guzman Feliz. Where do we go from here? We don't. We end the show. The show is from the fans to the fans. Get involved in the conversation at A Shot of Wrestling on Instagram and Facebook. Shot of Wrestling No A on Twitter. Your comments, your questions, we'll be right here on the show. You dial it up, 619 343 Need love advice? Eric Jaden is also waiting for your questions. So dial it up once again, 619-343-3005. And by the way, I learned this week that Jerry Springer, fellow fraternity brother of mine, will not be coming back on his classic TV show. So it gives me the opportunity to continue his message, to steal his catchphrase, to steal one of his lines. So here you are at the end of episode one, two, three. For Green Man, for Cha-Cha Charlie, for Matt Capitelli, for... Lissandro Jr. Guzman Feliz. I have been your host at Michael J. Putty. Take care of yourselves and each other. Until next week, Putty up. This is the ace that runs the place, Ace Andrews. And I'll be on the next episode of A Shot of Wrestling. Hold up, hold up, hold up one moment just when you think it's over. They bring us back in. I'm here with Cha-Cha Charlie, and it is last call. Now, Cha-Cha, this is how you do it. The first thing that you think when I ask the question is the first thing you should answer. Are you ready? I am ready. More than ready. And away we go. What is your favorite adult beverage? Jack Daniels. Other than wrestling, what is your favorite sport? Basketball. Are you a dog person or a cat person? 
I'm a dog person. What is the best feature on a woman? I like a lot, but I'm going to have to go with the breast. All right. Who is your celebrity crush? Uh, I don't think I have one. Okay. Maybe we'll find one after the show. Would you rather be rich in the indies or poor in the WWE? Rich in the indies. And what is the best organization you've ever wrestled for? Coastal Championship Wrestling, CCW, down in South Florida. Chacha, it was a pleasure having you on the show. You've survived last call, and we'll be seeing you in an indie show near us very soon. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>